Welcome back to Always Evolving with me, Coach Mike. On this episode of Always Evolving, I will be coaching two women. Hopefully, we're able to, in a short time span, be able to uh, solve some issues or get into some decisions that they could make that would better their lives. And as you all know, speaking of decisions, my next book, One Decision, is out December 29th, and it is a perfect book if you are looking for some direction to reboot, reinvent, or pivot in your life to start to make decisions, easy decisions, that can really lead you to a better life. I know that this year has been really difficult for a lot of people, and a lot of people have felt confused or lost, and what I've done is created a book uh, that's a roadmap. If uh, you're a reader, I work with you kind of like your life coach. You mark it up, highlight, underline, or it's available by audio, and it is my voice. So if you like my voice enough, you can buy the audio as well. But let's get started with this episode, and Lafern, my producer, is going to fill me in about the first guest that I'm going to be talking to. Yes, uh, so happy to have Debbie. She is having a hard time dating online, uh, Coach Mike. She's been doing this for two and a half years, and she doesn't know if she wants to continue because the tier of men that are coming to her, she feels like they just want to fool around and hook up with no commitments. Got it. All right, well, we'll see what uh, the deal is on that. So All right. Hey, Debbie. Hello. Where are you located? I'm in uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa, Florida. Tampa. Okay. And you're wanting to talk to me about your dating life? Is that right? Well, it's it's kind of embarrassing. Yes. But yeah, I think I'm at a crossroads that I don't know if it's the age group that I'm looking at or the area in which I live, but it's just a joke. So I don't know if I should just quit it completely and become a cat lady. No offense to cat lady or cat lovers anywhere, but... Well, tell me about how old are you? <laughs> 49. 49. And uh, and so have you been in a lot of relationships before? Well, I was divorced about three years ago. So I started online dating about two and a half years ago. And I take breaks in between because it's just it's a circus, I think, is a nice way to put it. So um, I've been in one short relationship and now I've just gotten so picky, which I think I have to be because I have a young child. But. It's just um, the quality of men out here is just not great. You're you're saying that the men of Tampa are a different quality of man than, <laughs> unless, unless it's me. than it in could be me. Poughkeepsie. Okay. <laughs> well, just out of curiosity, why could it be you? I think at this age, we all come with baggage. So you have to be really careful to tread the line that you don't come in and talk about your ex-husband or things like that. It's not a sexy thing to talk about. It's keeping things light and not getting an emotional attachment. I can play the game. A lot of guys will say they're looking for a relationship when in fact they want just a one night stand. And I'm looking for a relationship and feel guilty for even, or embarrassed to put that on my profile, to be honest with you. You feel embarrassed to say that you're looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you have one crazy. of your, pro- okay. Do you have one of your profiles available and what website it's on? It's on Bumble. So what is your screen name on Bumble? I think it's just Deb or plain, just plain Deb. I mean, girl, I don't know who the hell on earth wants to be with plain Deb. <laughs> like, like, okay, so, don't cr- <laughs> where did you believe that was a very enticing name? I, you know, I, I've tried to be more dynamic with profiles. I've restarted. I've taken it down. I've 
often been accused of being a little too much. So I've tried to scale down and be more simple. Anyway, I try. All right, but let me ask you, are you a simple woman? No, I'm a dynamic and um, energetic person. Then why are you describing yourself as just Deb or plain Deb? I don't know. I, I just Is it I because think, you think that's what people want? Maybe. But then they end up meeting you and they're like, this girl ain't plain. <laughs> a lot of times I lately I've been doing like a Zoom, not a Zoom call, but you can do a chat with somebody in advance mm -hmm. because you see if you have, you can talk and text with somebody for weeks, but you have to meet them. So I've been trying to connect, see if we have a connection over the phone to start. Okay. So in terms of when you say you're not plain and you're, you have a lot of layers, what, what describe yourself to me? I think I have a lot to offer. I know I have a lot to offer. Uh -huh. I'm energetic. I've not been in a healthy relationship, but I know at this age what it takes to be in one. So I'm excited to do that. I don't obviously share all this on a first date because that would make somebody run. I'm educated. I'm intelligent. I'm, I think I'm attractive. Uh, I bring a lot to the table. So I don't know what the issue would be. And I hate to think it's me because I don't want to take that on myself that it's something I'm doing or not doing. Well, what? tell me about the pattern of what happens when you've ended up in a relationship. Usually people, there's some pattern where it ends up kind of disconnecting or not working out. What is that pattern that you found? Well, the only person that I had been in a relationship with, and it was about four months, I realized at about the four month marker that he was just like my ex in that same temperament with the, uh, my ex was a little verbal abuse, verbally abusive and drank a lot. So I found somebody that fit that same pattern. And when I realized it, I was like, not doing this again. So I was proud of myself for recognizing that. At the same time, I think while you have to be attracted to somebody, I think a lot of times I'm, maybe I need to take a chance on somebody who's not conventionally attractive, but there has to be some kind of connection physically. So I battle with that. Well, what type of men are you into? They have to have a college degree. They have, they have to be to have, educated okay. because my ex did not have one and neither did the person I date before that. And there's a total difference in your conversations when you're dealing with somebody who has, who has education, okay. uh, who was educated. Um, I look for somebody who's witty, who uh -huh. I can banter with, somebody who's passionate about what they do for a living, somebody who has time to date. A lot of times these guys are very focused in their careers. They want a companion, but they don't have the time. If they have kids, that's fine. I have a six-year-old. I think that helps. It's not a deal breaker or anything, but they need to be honest. They need to be able to communicate. And um, those are big things for me. Okay. And so that's what you're looking for. Why do you want to be in a relationship so bad? I just don't want a one night stand. It makes, cause I mean, I'm just at that point that I'm ready to be in a real, a healthy relationship. And I haven't had the chance to. Anybody can have a fling. I just don't want that. Right. So, but what are you really looking for in a relationship? I understand what you don't want, but what are you really wanting? Like, why? I want somebody I can talk with, that you can talk about anything. That's someone that's passionate, compassionate. Um, I want, you know, somebody who, who's affectionate. You should be able to talk about anything. You should be able to realize the whole night is gone because you've been talking all night. And I think it's just, it's just hard to find a, the right connection. Have you heard of Tracy McMillan? No. She's a love and dating expert. She's a friend of mine. She has great content and 
she talks very openly about how many times she was married. And also she's just cool. And like women really seem to resonate with a lot of the content she puts out around dating and uh, women who are really looking to be in relationships. Like you said, we all have baggage. We all have things that we bring into it. My question to you would be, is is getting into a relationship the most stressful thing for you in your life right now? No, finding a secure job. I was a victim of the virus. So um, I lost my job. So it's been my priority right now is finding a solid job. Okay. I realized that you have to build off of something. You can't just walk into a date and say, I'm looking for a relationship. But you're saying that you want someone. Okay, so let's flip the tables a little bit. Guy meets you and you say you don't have a job. Do you think that that's a deal breaker for a lot of men? Yes. So I try to clear that up before we even meet. Because if it is a deal breaker, I get it. I get it. It's not sexy. It's not. You have to bring something to the table. Right. So my thought is, wouldn't like someone who's gotten a college degree that you're describing, you're saying the requirement for you is they get a college degree. And I imagine a lot of people aren't looking to just suddenly take care of another person. In theory, it sounds good. And by the way, they'll probably say that to you to get you in bed and act like like you're setting yourself up because like, why would someone want to go, let me go meet this person online and fully take care of them and give away my finances to them? Well, and I don't ask for that. I don't ask. for. I never say like, I'm not looking for someone to take care of me. Right. But I guess what I'm trying to say is your pool starts to get really small if you don't have a job and you're looking for a partner online because the initial the first response would be, well, why didn't she have a job? And in my opinion, this is just my my suggestion to you is, you know, you have some insecurity around not having a job. And if it's brought up in dating or what have you, or a conversation, so you feel a little bit insecure about that. I, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, so many people are out of work right now. It's hard not to feel insecure. Um, so it does, you know, but I, let's not, but what I'm saying is how long have you been without a job? March. Okay. And how much time do you honestly put in looking for a job every day? Six hours, six to eight hours. Okay. And what were you doing before? I worked in a hospital. I assisted uh, the CEO of a hospital. And then with budget cuts, they eliminated my role. I was the higher paying of the two assistants. Okay. And what are you currently doing that is really great for your self-esteem right now? Honestly, I started a lifestyle cleanse and a diet that has been, it's not just a diet. It's been like a whole lifestyle overhaul. It's given me confidence. It's, I've lost about 15 pounds. It great. makes me feel- That's great. I haven't lost weight in 14 years since I left LA. So to finally lose weight and feel like it's the only thing I feel I can be in control of right now. So it's very empowering. Do you feel it's more important for a relationship or job right now? Clearly a job. No, 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 no. It's not clear. I'm telling you this. It's not clear. You got to like, but I want you to really think about it energy wise. Which, a relationship. Okay. So you're more obsessed about the relationship than a job. And I do have a job. It just has not started yet. It's supposed to be content editing. So it's supposed to start later next week. It's just been a bit of a delay. So I have something. It just hasn't quite gotten off the ground yet. Honestly, there's something about like if I'm texting somebody, if we're at that point and I meet somebody, there's a certain energy you feel that you're like, it's just exciting. Like it just kind of gives you a bounce in your step. And I miss that. So mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a relationship would 
makes me feel good. What is your passion? Acting. Okay, so content editing is kind of just to pay the bills. Any any job that's not acting is going to be to pay the bills. I can't pursue acting. There's no when I left LA ten years ago, I knew that I was leaving professional pursuing professional acting by the wayside. Tampa just doesn't have it here, and I knew that. I'm still involved with the union and things like that, but I. Uh -huh. How much have you acted in the last ten years? About five years. I did a lot of improv in Orlando when I moved there. And I, um, I'm i still involved, like we said, with Actors' Equity. I'm, I'm on the board with the union liaison group in Orlando. Are you doing anything right now, though, meaning where you're actually getting to, like, do anything acting-wise? Nothing. I mean, the virus didn't help. There's no, really no productions on stage right now that you could really do. Um, a lot of what I did in L.A. was TV, but my passion's theater. But even like hobby wise, like Zoom groups where there's a group of actors and you're playing out part like I'm talking about for passion, for purpose. I think I haven't pursued Zoom groups for acting. It hasn't been out here. I think I just kind of dismissed Tampa completely. And maybe that's something I need to realize that there are other people like me out here. I think I just assume there aren't. The reason why I'm suggesting this is, is there's a few things. One is it's extremely attractive when someone's passionate about something. And it's also a great way to meet other people who have similar passions. Right. And who are like-minded and where you're actually getting to collaborate and have a conversation and exactly. connect with. And so to me, I found a lot of people and there's been a lot of people I've spoken to on the podcast that since COVID... Uh, they just kind of completely removed doing what they're passionate about, have one vision of it, which is, oh, I need to do this in person so I can't do it anymore. But meanwhile, when we were little kids, we were doing it in our bedrooms. Yeah. And I, you know, and I love um, I'm a big fan of old TV shows like and so I'm on several Facebook sites like retro TV uh, sitcom groups. And it just there's something about if something's going to make me laugh. Musical theater. I'm not a singer or a dancer. You get me started on musical theater. It brings out tears and laughter. I like it. Mm -hmm. just, so I tried to remain in touch Facebook wise with those connections, but haven't pursued it physically, I guess. Well, yeah, or pursued it where you're creating or you're acting as talent or you're, you know, it's like, you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to even before COVID, the reality is you are shutting down with being creative before COVID. Oh, totally. I was in a funk too. I was really, you know, and yeah, people do this thing where they're like, oh, I just wish it would get back to normal. Then if I were to see them a year ago, they were unhappy with what they were doing. I'm like, you were unhappy then you're unhappy now. Yes. It's just yes. now you're sitting in your bedroom or your living room. And yeah. Suddenly you're like, well, I wish it would get back to normal. And you're like, well, even when it was normal, I was unhappy. So it's and like it's never going to be back to normal. If you ask me, I think there's always going to be something and normal and normal wasn't bringing a lot of people joy. Anyways, my suggestion to you is you start listing out your priorities. I, I think you're looking for a relationship because you want the high and you want the excitement, but the excitement and the high doesn't last forever. It's a moment. That you know? sucks too. I hate that. But it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, and there's a facade. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've been around who are in a relationship and I don't want what they have. They have a I relationship, know. but like it's not a badge of honor by any means. So it's like, <laughs> I I think you're, you want to get your self-esteem to a place where you're also attracting the type of man. Because if you're in a situation where you're being verbally abused and you allowed that to happen previously, even when you got out of it, it's because of a narrative that you've told yourself 
And there's different reasons why you're telling yourself a certain type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so you want to do esteemable things. So it's great that you figured out, you know, what you're doing nutrition diet wise, and that you're really proud of yourself for that. I think equally as important is what you're doing creatively and artistically so that you're making decisions and you're connecting with people who are like-minded. Now, you're not doing any of that right now. And I think that's going to be an easier bridge. Look, you may meet people online, but it's like you got to change it up and you got to start connecting with other people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to like kind of win the lottery online and and it doesn't it you're so right yeah so i mean i i would pivot into what you're really passionate about in connecting with those communities because then all of a sudden you're connecting with someone where you can watch sitcoms you know otherwise it's like you're just hoping you're putting out a, a big fishing net and i it, it hasn't worked for you so why would it keep working so it's right you know, you're a smart woman. You're, you're get into your creativity, have fun. And that's, and, that to yeah, me is your landscape too. I had done stand up in LA and I'm scared to try it here. And it's so crazy because I don't know anybody. I have nothing to prove. If you fail, you fail. But I think I just have to take the jump and do it because just thinking about it now, like lit a fire in my butt. Like I need to. Yeah. Cause that's what you love. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you'll be around other types of people that love doing the same thing. Right. You'll be in conversations. It'll create inspiration. They'll have friends. They'll have relationships. Mm-hmm. It takes time, but that's how you start to really build a community. So that's a great idea. That's my suggestion to you is start getting into your art and uh, passion and purpose and make a decision to start doing what you love. I just think enough with everyone and you know even for listeners it's it's enough with the excuses of not doing what you love because of covid mm-hmm. you know people are acting regardless of covid so you know get into your passion and make that the networking community for yourself and you can do it globally they don't need to be around the corner the great thing right, right now is you can connect with people all over the world so do you have some ideas of what you could do and um i think i'd like to just simply try some open mic nights here there's cool. several clubs. It doesn't have to be the improv. There's several clubs in St. Pete that are very conducive to open mic nights. And they're not as in LA when I did it, they were the bringer room. So if you brought all your friends the one night, you got the best slot, but then mm. you had nobody to bring when they asked you back. And then you'd go at 2 30 in the morning. Mm. So I don't think that dynamic is here, but God, just to make one person laugh would just make my day. Well, get to it, sister. <laughs> Start a lot after this podcast, go check it out. I'm going to. I and then if you yeah. eventually, if eventually it gets to the point where you're doing stand up and follow up, I'll play a clip of it on the podcast. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Debbie. Now, Mike, our next guest is Rochelle. She feels she has been living in survival mode forever. And she's 49 years old and she doesn't want to believe that it's over for her, but she's a cancer survivor. She's a single mom and she's a survivor with PTSD, but she's stuck and wants your help. Okay. Thanks, Lafern. Hi, Rochelle. Did she, did she describe your life story, you know, in sync? Pretty much. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I'm a two-time cancer survivor, um, went through a divorce when my son was an infant and the cancer was as a single mom, my son's now 12. So 
my body, my life, myself has had some bombs dropped on it. And uh, it's, I'm ready to reinvent and I just don't have the energy to do it or get out from where I'm at. Well, what does reinvent mean to you? Um, that's a great question. I feel like I've been doing that slowly, but I don't, a lot of people after a cancer diagnosis or they go, oh, I just want my life back the way it was. I don't want that. I want to, that's such a good question. What does reinvent mean to me? Living from my passion and my purpose and shedding all those old ideas and old beliefs that put me back. Um, instead of thinking, oh, I'm getting old. I'm also 49. I'm getting too old. My time has passed. Having a new belief is my life's beginning. Um, what can this cancer journey and my divorce and everything I've been through be used for a new purpose and a new excitement? And I have things I'm excited about, but just can't always even have the energy to do them. As a single mom, I'm still sick a lot of the time from leftover chemo side effects. So I won't feel well. I'll get migraines. I'll have so that in the mix makes it hard for me to get forward. Let me and first of all, congrats on surviving. You know, Thank my you. mom and sister both, you know, had breast cancer and, um, you know, had uh, parts removed and have a history of cancer in the family. So uh, I know that can be a really difficult, lethargic, frustrating experience and that it really affects mood as well. Yep, you got it. <laughs> and let me ask you, so are you bored with life? Yeah, I never thought I would say that. But yeah, I mean, I'm smart, so I keep myself entertained. But yes. You're bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're laughing at it, but you're kind of bored. You yeah. kind of, okay. And how long have you felt bored, do you think? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I was going to say six months. Like, at first, the pandemic was fine. Like, But now, I, I'd say maybe six months. Could be probably longer, but I was in such survival mode. I don't know. Okay. So this time last year, mm -hmm. where were you in your life? I was like getting ready for Christmas in a frenzy and buying a bunch of things and like worried about it. And I've calmed down a lot instead of living like, and which is good for my health, but I'm not in that constant, like, like kind of like an adrenaline feeling of getting everything done. I've calmed down a lot. You have less anxiety. Yes. Okay. I have less anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still, uh, you felt a little like, you know, anxious and in a more of a frenzy. But when did you get divorced? How long ago? Oh, gosh, a long time ago. Um, my son is 12. And so when he was an infant, we separated. And the divorce was final in 2012. But pretty much it was over in 2009. Okay. And is he in your son's life much? Now, yes. For a while, it was just dear old mom. But now, so okay. that was another survival anxiety mode to try to get out of being the sole financial provider while you might die with cancer. How many times have you had cancer or has, has it come back? Twice? Twice. Okay. And then uh, what is the, how are things looking this time around? Are the doctors saying? They feel good. I have no evidence of disease. My oncologist feels like, well, if it comes back, you know, when you die, 50-50. <laughs> so I feel confident about my life going forward with my health. Um, but the doctors are saying I look good. Okay. So your son's 12. Mm -hmm. And are you working? Not right now. What were you doing? 
Um, I was working right before I got sick and then the doctors took me off of work. I was working at a large accounting firm and I was project managing and it was exhausting. I was good at it, but uh-huh. wasn't anywhere near my passion, uh, but I was willing to do it to earn. And what is your passion? Um, a few things. I like helping people. So I'm interested because of everything I've gone through with my body. Even before I got sick, I was interested in helping people with their body pain, muscle work. And then the other is writing. And I'm a great writer. I love writing. When I'm, when I let myself, it channels and it's just a blast. Mm -hmm. And are you writing right now? I was at the beginning of the pandemic, and then what I cannot. The, let me ask: What has <laughs> happened where people believe the pandemic means that you have to remove all passion, <laughs> purpose, feeling good? I mean, the amount of people I see this every day, and I'm like, imagine what if we let, look. Let's go back in time when they had no televisions or internet. I mean, you still got on like. Like, it's just interesting. <laughs> I feel like we've been forced to believe that that it has to become just suffering and horrible. But it's like, why would you stop writing just because of the pandemic? The first, like, four months, that's all I wrote. I studied the muscle stuff, the body yeah. stuff. I did that the first four months. And, and then I what don't happened? know. I don't know. Well, you did. Something happened. It, well, I think a lot of months. survival mode stuff came in which I actually looked at the pandemic. I wasn't one of those people that freaked out about the pandemic. I, I was, ex- I was like, Oh good. I can slow down. I have time. I did all of that. But then I think a lot of this survival mode stuff I'm dealing with came into play. Like I'm constantly dealing with insurance with my health stuff or paperwork with my health stuff. I just feel like I get caught up in tasks and then I get overwhelmed and can't even mm-hmm. do the tasks. So it's just like everything, like even just some days, because I also have a lot of physical pain, feels like just dinner or getting out of bed mm-hmm. or cooking for my son is a lot because I have- What nerve- are the, what protocols should you be following right now in your recovery? What are the doctor prescribed protocols? Um, I'm doing everything they say. I take you two are. walks, two to three walks a day slowly mm-hmm. so I don't overwhelm my system. I do, um, I take my supplements, I take my medication- I do my my therapy, mm-hmm. and I also do this muscle work, and I do my exercises. I'm very willing to do everything around my health, and that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't you write about all this? Like, why can't you write about feeling unmotivated? Why can't you write about feeling like, what's the point? Why can't you write about feeling bored? Hmm. That's such a great question. I think what a beautiful way in. Why don't I do that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, why not work like I've I've done PR for like survivors.net, which is people who survive from cancer, or prevention magazine, or like why not start to build your like look, I work in mental health. I I mean, I work in a lot of categories, but you know, it's like personal experience gives you better street cred than getting a PhD in something. Yeah, and I do have some articles in cancer magazines I've written and that are published. I just haven't done any lately. How much are you? How important is it for you to make money right now, or is there like a setup where you're taking care of? It's important, but I also can't push myself too hard, or I'll get back. 
what happened was I went back to work too fast, work too hard and set myself back. So mm. I'm, I'm one day at a time trying to figure out or work with my work and see what's the best thing. I do need to make money, but I also need to heal myself. It's a balance. Like I have a, I have a blog with psychology today, which is like the, one of the biggest psychology website. So I have an ongoing column there. Like I could set up a call with someone on my team and maybe we collaborate on it. And you write about, you know, um, you know, the, the mental health, uh, when you're going through, you know, not only the pandemic, but also cancer and, you know, like you could do that with us. You could write something with us. I mean, I just think you got to get it out there. You get to create, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's what you love. You know, and if you love it and you're passionate about it and you have a track record of being able to do it, like. And it's when you were talking, I got pop, 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 a million ideas of what I would write in that article. It just went pop, 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 pop. Yes. There's so much there. I mean, even for instance, as a cancer survivor, when you're going through treatment, you don't have time to worry. You just put your head down and you survive. Then on the other end, you go, holy cow. And then you deal with the feelings. And then I think as you were talking, what I'm getting is the pandemic went on long enough. It re-triggered some of that survive, that having to live like that. And, and it was like, oh, I, I have to live in fight or flight. I can't let mm -hmm. my guard down or I could die. And that, what a, what's an amazing thing I could write about for, as a cancer survivor reaction to the pandemic. Just one of a million things that came into my mind. Yeah. And, and also like, continuing the body work like mm -hmm. you know which i assume you know about breath work then or like some of these different right like, i get do. that vibe on you like yeah because i i've been around breath workers yeah. and like yeah <laughs> you have a vibe to that so it's like those don't require like for example writing you, you know you can write about not wanting to get out of bed you know oh some my of God. my favorite writers um, like there's a woman named uh, Kay Radford Jameson. She wrote a book called The Unquiet Mind. And it's a book all about manic depressive disorder. And she talks about what it's like to have it in the journey and the narrative. And what she's saying, it's one of my favorite books of all time. I like that book a hell of a lot more than some Harvard doctor telling me about bipolar disorder. So mm. it's like sometimes we forget or we compare or we just don't do and the great thing about life today with the internet and with the resources is you just create. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it, it, even if what you want to help people, that's what you're saying. Yes. Then start helping. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. And I think I got in my head, well, how should I do it? Should I do cancer survivors? Should I do PTSD survivors? Should I do, does it really matter? Just start is what I've just got from you right now. Yeah, so I'll set up something with my team where we could collaborate on like a Psychology Today blog okay. talking about mental health and cancer and the pandemic. And I just, I'd have to check the guidelines of Psych Today if I can like co-write it with someone or something. But okay, I mean, I'm you, you're passionate about it. You're a good writer. Like the reality is it's people sometimes feel like they need to be in a great space in order to write. Oh, they need to yes. just... I can tell you when I write my my books and, and it, uh, in general, look, I've, I've been on every psychiatric medication. I come from a long line of addiction in my family. Uh, like there's, <laughs> there's a whole lot, you know, uh, times, behind, the, yeah. behind the coach. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's 
it's those struggles, it's those discoveries, and it's turning pain into inspiration. It's turning, because when you can turn your pain into inspiration, that's when you help people. Even when you're not trying to be inspiring. Mm-hmm. What really got me when you were talking was the word discovery. And it goes back to what you were saying when you keyed into that I was bored. And I stopped being having discovery. It was like, I know this. I guess I'll write about it. But I was, I forgot that I can just have discovery through my writing myself. Oh, hello. Right. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Curiosity. I say there's like five components to change. It's an acronym, CHOWF. It sounds like a takeout restaurant, but it's curiosity, honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, and focus. But curiosity is kind of the spark because when we're curious, I'm a very curious person, which I'm glad that I'm so curious (laughs) because it keeps me interested and motivated. And, And it's okay sometimes. My point to you is even if you were right about... I effing am curious about nothing right now. I'm annoyed. (laughs) Why me? Why the hell is this? Write about it. Because what you're doing is you're touching on a feeling that other people feel. Mm. And, And that's really where healing lives. That's where relatability lives. That's where someone goes. When you can give someone else empathy, that's when you help them. Because they're like, oh, they they get it. Mm. You know, it's not just, I, I, I mean, look. I know there's some people who just want inspiration and you got this and motivated. (laughs) But I'll tell you, that doesn't help a lot of people when they're living in it, you know? So I think that the decision or the one decision I'd really encourage you to make is getting, making time as part of your regimen for, you know, your cancer recovery, Mm -hmm. that you add this to your prescription. Okay. Because this is what feeds your soul. Yes, it is. It was, uh, I totally love it as a prescription. What great words as a prescription. I was almost like holding myself back from it. And it was so like, well, I just have to get everything else to a place then I can write. And it's like, oh, why don't I write from the disaster? Totally. (laughs) Okay. You take the medicine, you take your medication or your meditation from the disaster. Why not write there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> That's your expression. That's where you're at. And it's. <sighs> I'm doing my breath work. <sighs> <laughs> so what could you, what could you maybe as part of your prescription add daily? How much time, like 30 minutes to writing or what do you. Um, I'd like to start small, just 15 mm-hmm. minutes for 15 three days. Minutes. And yeah. then if I want to add more, I can. Yeah. That's great. So do 15 minutes uh, starting when. I'd love to start today. Well, right after this call or sometime today. No, that's great. That's how it works. That yeah. listen, that's that's how you start to just make and and that's yeah. why I'm so into one decision cuz yeah. it's literally just figuring out what is that one decision I just need yeah. to start making that's better for me. Yeah. I mean, after this I'll go check on my son who's been remarkably quiet through this and then maybe around 2 or 3 um I'll go right for 15 minutes. Cool. And then based upon how you're feeling in the spirit of it Mm -hmm. at the right time, follow up with me. I haven't written any blogs in regards Mm -hmm. to people with cancer or Mm -hmm. I collaborate in that way. So Mm -hmm. hit me up if, if after you start writing, uh, if you're like, Oh cool. Let me call coach Mike. (laughs) Yeah. 
wow, I, I'm really grateful. I wasn't expecting to get this. I thought, I'm just going to bring this pile of stuff and I don't know where it's going to go. And I'm like delighted. So oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> no, it's but you know what? It's it's that energy because it's true for you. It's authentic for you. Mm-hmm. It's where you vibrate. It's where your light turns on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just giving you permission mm-hmm. that you don't need to be here. <laughs> you stay here. Okay. I'll stay there. All right. Well, okay. thank you for thank coming you. on Always yeah. Evolving, Rochelle. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Debbie and Rochelle, for coming on Always Evolving. If you would like to be coached by me on Always Evolving, uh, just hit me up on social media, Coach Mike Bear, and then I'll pass along your information to the wonderful Lafern, who is the producer of Always Evolving. And we have, as I mentioned, our free empowerment group every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. You just go to coachmikebear.com. Also, if you checked out this podcast episode, I would love to hear from you over text. You can now text me. I text you inspiring messages. It's all completely free. All you need to do is just text me at 310-984-1858. That's 310-984-1858. And happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe. And most importantly, keep it magical. Bye for now. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.